Welcome to March of 2021. Incredibly, 12 months since most of us went into the respond phase of the coronavirus recession. This is Don't Waste a Good Recession, business forecast number 24, and it is the best, most exciting, most positive of all of the updates and snapshots that I have done. If I was deep fake Tom Cruise taking over TikTok right now, I would be deep fake jumping on deep fake Oprah's couch because I am that excited about what this means for you, my small and medium-sized business owners with two to 500 staff. Stay tuned. Right now, I'm going to talk about why you need to be excited. I'm going to be talking about when you need to be excited for. When are we going to go into the profit phase of the coronavirus recession? And of course, and as always, I'm going to be practical. And on that note, I'm going to ask you a riddle. What do Robert Frost, Janet Yellen, and Jane Melisiek have in common? I'll give you a hint. It's linked to this video. Perfectly. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. That's great. Like that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know the answer to that riddle type it in below and of course as always smash the like button remember to subscribe if you're not familiar if this is your first don't waste a good recession video I am your host Jacob Aldridge international business advisor and deep generalist providing bespoke solutions to business owners with 12 to 96 staff who find themselves having proved the concept of their business stuck turning big dreams into day-to-day -day reality if you are ultimately responsible for all 28 areas of your business, you don't want 28 different experts. You want one person you can trust to help guide you through. And I am that one person. In these videos, we talk even more broadly than that, two to 500 staff, where you still have the power and responsibility to take charge in your business, and you will still feel the weight of that responsibility on your team and on your family going through a recession. We start, as always, with the economic indicators. And as you've probably guessed, this is why I'm so excited. Let's jump into uh, the active coronavirus numbers. The UK has now gone over 20 million vaccinations. Here in Australia, where I got stuck at the start of the pandemic, we have started rolling out the program, as you saw with Jane, um, V for vaccine, maybe that for our Prime Minister, uh, and a lot of positive news. Let's have a look at the figures. This is the first time, 24 editions we've been doing this, this is the first time that global active numbers have declined. You'll also see a large decline there in the US. Now I've highlighted in yellow the other two, and I wanna show you the visual, because I think this is the diagram that's really why I am so excited. Active COVID cases is a lead indicator of the economic fortune for your business, your area. Australia, you can see there, is very, very flat. It was up ever so slightly for the month. That's return travellers in hotel quarantine. Community cases uh, are still at zero nationally for a number of days now and are very, very much under control. So it is continuing to be under control here. The UK, I talked last month in edition 23, and if I can work out YouTube, I'll have a little bit of a, a link here. You can go back and watch that, about how all numbers are horse manure and how... Uh, worldometers had not been able to provide UK numbers for some time because of the UK government not releasing all of the numbers. Bing, I was relying on Bing for these updates for a little while. 
Being worldometers have very, very different numbers. It's Bing that gives you this number here that says that UK cases were up 10% in the month of February. We look at uh, worldometers, which is where most uh, media organizations are going to as the most reliable source of their horseshit numbers. You can see that they are saying that UK numbers are down. And certainly when I'm looking at it day to day for my UK clients, uh, of which I have some and I have others who are looking to expand into the UK, we're monitoring it very closely. That graph there reflects the numbers I'm seeing from most other sources and the mood I'm getting on the ground. So I'm going to say it across the board, vaccines getting rolled out in these rich Western countries and active COVID cases are coming down. That's fantastic news. If you are in or your business is connected to some of those countries, I know it's a very different story in some other countries, particularly those not wealthy enough to buy up all of the first round of vaccine reserves. The other lead indicator we always look at is stock markets. Not gonna go into much detail, up 1% in those three countries. Yawn, boring, nothing to see here. Not even going to try and uh, explain why that may or may not be the case, except to then make the connection through to this. This is the chart that I've been rolling out since our uh, end of November, early December business forecast, which is, these are the two lead indicators. These are going to tell us that the economy has turned a corner and we're about to go into the execution phase for our strategy and then the profit phase of the COVID coronavirus recession. And you can see here, I've got yellow there for Australia and the UK because of that data, little inconsistency. You can call me on that, but for me, that's green, that is green across the board. Those two huge economies, the UK, the US and Australia, where uh, across those three, that's 90 something percent of my viewers, all green. Green light means go. Green light means that your economy is going to be better next month, better next quarter than it is right now. And if those lead indicators continue to carry on, that means that we are starting to get the economic uplift through the greater economy. The recession ended the end of the June quarter last year, it was nine months ago almost. But of course, the lingering effects take some time to flow through, particularly while the pandemic that caused it was flowing through. We're now beginning to see the end, the light at the end of the tunnel. And that means you've got to start acting. If you haven't been acting already, you do need to start acting. Let's look at the lag indicators. We're keeping an eye on these, of course, as well. And they do. If these are bad, then people feel bad. Maybe they make some slightly different decisions. They are relevant for the future as well. Um, U.S. GDP, uh, unemployment figures, sorry, U.S. and Australia, um, both down slightly. Um, look, historically, 6% is pretty good numbers. Uh, as we come out of some of the stimulus packages, there'll be people who aren't actually on these programs because it's not like this actually records everyone who could be working and isn't working. This is people actively seeking work and getting things like unemployment insurance at the job seeker uh, in Australia. Um, the U.K., those figures are a little bit out of date. Uh, they were up again to 5.1%. That's the highest they've been through the whole pandemic recession. Um, furlough program definitely suppressing those. That was before this latest lockdown really took hold. Do you remember the, uh, the, the COVID truce, the Christmas truce? 1.1 million new cases of COVID in the UK in January. Certainly remember the truce on the lockdowns. And uh, I'm certainly feeling for a lot of you who are juggling with schools, work, all of those kind of things going through what is hopefully the last lockdown. And, uh, I certainly expect those UK numbers to keep rising uh, unemployment wise, just because there's a bit of a lag. Well, the, the US and Australia um, have found a little bit of a, an, an equilibrium there. They're, um, 
not moving too much month to month and they're not giving an indication of a major trend either way, except that those lead indicators are suggesting that the economy is getting better, we should see uh, those unemployment numbers gradually going down. We may have a jump as people re-enter the workforce. GDP, the other lag indicator, um, the US up, uh, reported the December quarter. Uh, the UK reported the December quarter. Remember there was some forecast that it was going to be the double dip recession that I poo-pooed and said was not going to be the case, but that uh, the UK might have had a negative GDP growth contraction in the December quarter, it didn't, ended up being slightly positive. We'll have a, a, an eye on the reviews. Uh, certainly 1% can disappear uh, over time as those numbers are reviewed. Um, but for now, that's very, very good news. That may also suggest that the Brexit concerns are not as bad as they uh, could have been or as bad as some people feared, but let's be honest. Brexit is not good for the UK economy. It is not good for small and medium-sized UK businesses across the board, and that will have a flow-on effect. Of course, you have a lot of control. You choose and create the whole of your reality when it comes to your business, your family. How do you respond to some of these circumstances? And what I'm hoping that you're getting out of this is that you have the power to take this information and to act on it, to do something. You're not one of your employees sitting around wondering, waiting, unclear about what's happening with the business. You have the data, you have the figures, you have the confidence, and of course you have me, the world's best looking international business advisor and Guinness World Record holder. So why am I excited? Why am I uh, so pumped to give you some practical information? Let's get right stuck into it and I will eventually answer that riddle. Um, Background because we are now up to something like 12 hours worth of Don't Waste a Good Recession videos. That's almost as many as uh, many minutes as I did in 134 episodes of Blackboard Fridays. So if you prefer bite-sized Jacob, uh, do a Blackboard Friday search on YouTube. Um, you're probably not going to watch all of those if you didn't see them as we went along. So connecting some of the dots that we've been talking about since snapshot number one back in March of 2020. Uh, here we are 12 months later. Economic cycles, up, down, they happen all the time. The point of maximum financial risk there at, at uh, euphoria, people think this is gonna last forever. Guess who was doing videos about preparing for a recession back in 2018? Because I know that these cycles come and go, they move. The respond phase lasts about three months. So for most of us, that was March to May of 2020. That's when we got our business plans, copped a punch in the face, we had to respond, we had to stabilize, do the cash flow planning, uh, work out where the new normal was for that point in time, and then we got to start the planning. We've got to run a two-track business where we have the day-to-day -day operations of keeping us afloat and dealing with the, the recession and the pandemic, however that meant for you, and then the planning for the future, because just as the cycle took us down, the cycle will pick us up. And we wanna be there at that execution point. We wanna have a clear business plan at the execution point to be able to then get ahead of the big uplift that is going to come, which is the profit phase. And the profit phase of the coronavirus recession is going to look like another roaring 20s. We had them in the 1900s elements in the 1700s and 1800s, funnily enough, if you squint your eyes and look closely enough, but the roaring 20s are upon us. And you don't want to be late to that party because you will miss some of the best entrees. You will miss that opportunity to really grab the market share, the margin, those kind of things that will just pay dividends 
for most of the next decade until of course we go into the next recession whatever causes that late in the 2020s or early in the 2030s so the execution point when you shift when you implement that plan shift to execution be on time be ready for it so when is it coming and are you ready for it if you go back and again i'll do the button on youtube if i can work out how to our December forecast, when we talked about when is the execution point coming in, I went into a lot of detail about these three things, but if we have a look at them, lead indicators are positive. Active cases are declining in your market, stock markets are rising, rising strongly. Tick, tick, uh, not strong rising, 1% growth across those markets in February, keep an eye on that, but that is on, particularly in the US and Australia's case, the back of continued growth and record highs. Um, I was wrong once, by the way, I talked about the dead cat bounce. I was not prepared for the amount of fiscal stimulus that major governments were going to throw at the economies, how much of that was going to end up in the pockets of the wealthy, and how much we were going to invest that money, even in passive things like the stock market or real estate. Obviously, some of us have used that into our business. We're stimulating the economy in that way, We've, but we haven't been able to go on holidays in the same sense. We haven't been going out to dinner as much and a lot of those things. It has flowed through and created um, not necessarily an asset bubble, uh, but we'll talk about inflation later. Um, but yes, stock markets rising strongly. Sector X, Sector X is the first domino that falls in any recession. Uh, so has that recovered? Uh, is the pandemic under control? Well, the vaccines are rolling out active case numbers are declining. The World Health Organization came out this week and said, you know, be careful. And obviously there is that concern that if we're not getting the vaccine into, um, you know, places like Africa, highly populated rural countries uh, across, say, Eastern Europe, India and Western China, um, then we're gonna keep having variants, we're gonna keep having the virus mutate and eventually we risk that vaccine not being as effective on a new variant. So we've gotta make sure that we do actually vaccinate the world. Uh, we're not safe until we're all safe. Uh, and it is still a great chance that uh, the coronavirus vaccine will be something similar to the flu vaccine that has to keep evolving and gets used every year. But it is increasingly under control, um, particularly hopefully in your country. And then the third of those, Monetary or fiscal policy intervention is no longer required and government stimulus is set to end. Well, what do you think about that? Let's have a little bit of a, a comparison of our three major economies. The US, uh, the House of Representatives has just passed the $1.9 trillion uh, COVID stimulus relief bill. In many ways, that's six months overdue. Cannot believe that that didn't get passed through election season, but a lot of bickering, a lot of places. Will it pass the Senate? Not all of it will. The $15 minimum wage has had to be pulled out of that. And there is some question about the blue dog Democrats and which of the more moderate Republicans might vote to pass that. I would suggest that that will get passed just because it is so overdue. So the US government still got a lot of fiscal policy coming in. 
However, that is in some ways very much delayed. It's not an additional new thing that they had to do. It's really playing catch up. In Australia, the two big programs, JobKeeper and JobSeeker, are due to end at the end of March. They were originally due to end at the end of September. We had another flare-up. Victoria went into lockdown. The federal government realised that that was just too soon. And so those programs were extended, a little more targeted. They were extended. There's no indication at this point that the Australian government will extend those again. They're seeing positive signs. They're looking at savings rates that have gone from like $79 billion 12 months ago to $189 billion in household savings. And they're thinking that that will be enough to help keep the economy looking after itself without more fiscal stimulus, more government debt. I'm keeping an eye on that. I don't think it's as bad as some of the doomsayers are saying. Uh, however, I don't think it's as good as perhaps the federal government's making out because a lot of that money is in the hands of people like me who are wealthy, are doing well. We've got that money invested. Uh, I'm not going to suddenly start throwing that cash around. I haven't job keeper, job seeker, you know, these aren't impacting me when they get taken away. I'm not going to start spending more or differently. It's, it's, I got a heap of money sitting there and I don't want to piss it away. Even though I know pissing it away is good for the economy. So I don't think it's as good as maybe the government's making out. I don't think it's as bad as the doomsayers. Um, keep an eye on it and keep an eye on the stock markets because that's going to give you a really good indication of where a lot of other people, smarter people than me, think that everything is going. The UK budget is coming out this week. They have given some hints that the furlough program is going to be extended. And that suggests that the UK economy is not as strong as, say, the Australian economy is. So are we at the execution point? Lead indicators are definitely positive, not as strong as they could be, but they're positive. Uh, is the pandemic under control? In some of those countries, absolutely. Still a little more work to come. Monetary fiscal policy is getting wound back. It has not yet ended. One of the things to be listening out for to know when that has ended is when the conversation shifts to uh, the consequences of uh, the recovery. So... Where are we and what does the recovery look like? Uh, I think we're still at about that arrow point. The execution point, I've been saying for uh, pretty much every edition of this, is, is going to be at some point after June of 2021. That's only three months away. We're going to talk about what you need to do in the next 13 weeks. Um, so that is coming, but we're not here yet. The indicators are all um, doing well, positive, um, but not all systems go just yet. Uh, and in terms of what does that recovery look like? Well, we've got record low interest rates. When the economy starts booming, that is going to start leading to things like inflation. And I talked before, again, I'm sorry if I can't get these things to work. Maybe you can leave a comment and tell me how to get them. And we talked about the importance of inflation in terms of covering that government debt over the long term. We talked about how the US Fed had relaxed their inflation policy in order to make a few years of really large, maybe five plus percent inflation uh, acceptable within their risks. Um, and there are signs that the markets, those people that are smarter than me, as I talked about, or at least are gambling a little bit more than I am, 10-year bonds in the US and Australia have both been climbing. That is an indication that people think that inflation will have increased a lot by the time those 10-year bonds become due. 
that they can put their money elsewhere, get more in the bond, so the bond have to pay a higher interest rate. Uh, interestingly, the Reserve Bank of Australia has responded to that by saying that they're going to sort of keep pushing money, push more money into those, like $4 billion a day instead of $2 billion a day. Um, that will artificially suppress those interest rates, but it actually does absolutely nothing for the underlying inflation. So there's some of these conversations about inflation starting. When you hear more and more of those, that's when you know two things are happening. One, smart people are planning for inflation. They're making sure that they've got assets that will benefit from that. They're not all tied up in cash. They think the economy is going to get roaring. And you'll also be hearing about that because the people who make the monetary and fiscal policy, the reserve banks, the governments, and the rich people that influence them, are starting to, to a degree, run some trial balloons up. If they start saying, all oh, 5% inflation, uh, that could mean they're expecting us to get to 2% or 3% faster and they're wanting to manage expectations. The government wants inflation. A lot of rich people want inflation. They're not going to stop it, but of course they don't want it to run away out of control. So that brings us to the answer to my riddle. What do Robert Frost, Janet Yellen and Jane Milosiek have in common. Well, Jane gave us the V for vaccine, the forks. Robert Frost, best known for a little poem. No, for a lot of poems, of course. He was a poet. One that I think is most relevant. I shall be telling this with a sigh sometime ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less travelled by. And that has made all the difference. No Shakespeare, but a little bit of Robert Frost for you this month. And Janet Yellen has been warning, Yellen even, about she former uh, Reserve Bank of America Governor, uh, Treasury Secretary, I think, in the Biden administration or, or nominated for one of those roles. Uh, she's been warning about a K-shaped recovery. Look, I've talked about Vs, I've talked about Ls, I've talked about Ws. A K makes no sense as a letter. It's really stretching that letter, letter kind of concept for recessions. But... What she's warning about is what I was warning about, talking about back in August, September, which is the two-track recovery. The rich get richer, the poor get the picture. And the fact that the recovery is going to diverge, like Robert Frost's two paths and somewhat like Jane's V for vaccine, that there are some people who are going to recover very well. And indeed, as we've talked about, some people dive in a recession, some people survive by just riding the wave up and down, and some people have thrived throughout and will continue to. The better the economy gets, the more we get to that execution point and the profit phase, the more people who will be in thrive mode. And there are some who will continue to dive. They won't continue to follow even the economic recovery. Where is your business going? Where has it gone? How have the last 12 months been for you? Have you actually followed this down or have you grown? Have you taken the time to plan for your business post-recession? You have roughly 13 weeks left. And if I jump to this Again, another slide that I had talked about and gone into detail about and will continue to go into detail about. These are the four transformations you need to be making in your business. You need to have a plan for these. And you now have 
about 13 weeks to plan out each of these. So if you need to, grab a pen, take some notes. What was your client base before the recession? And what's your client base going to look like after a recession? How has that changed? Maybe the same people, but their characteristics are going to be different. Their buying motivation is going to be different. We don't go through something like the coronavirus pandemic and recession without changing as people, as businesses. If you're really stuck and you're too scared to pick up the phone or you're not getting enough data by talking to clients, alumni clients, ask yourself how your purchasing decisions have changed. Are you more cautious? Are you looking for more value? Are you looking for something different? Have you gone more in terms of research online? Have you gone more to uh, getting face-to-face -face referrals from people that you trust? How has your buying persona changed and how does that translate to your clients? Your product packaging pricing will also need to change. And I'm not talking here about that recession. It's not about uh, you know, smaller packages, cheaper prices that maybe you've had to do to get through the last 12 months. It may be that you need to increase your prices enormously, that you need to put yourself out there as the market leader. Maybe you need different packages. Maybe you need to segment products that previously were bundled together or vice versa. So what are the clients going to buy? What do they need? What do they value? And how do you get the products packaged and priced appropriately so that they will buy those heading into boom times? What does that mean for your sales and marketing? And you know, hopefully you've been doing, maintaining your marketing, your sales activity through the recession, through the downturn, that will put you in very, very good stead. But what's your marketing message going to look like? When we say, this is the execution point, pull the trigger on the new boom time marketing. What does that campaign look like? What does the product look like to that? Who are you targeting? You see how all of these are connected. And then the last one is your team. None of us have got through this unscathed. How are your team doing? You may not be back in the office, you may not be able to get together, but you should still be talking to them on a regular basis. They've been furloughed. If you've had to let staff go, keeping those conversations, those relationships going, if you're looking at picking up and growing the next financial year in Australia uh, or you know, from the middle of this year onwards. Do they need different skills? Do they need different understanding? At the very least, you need to make sure that you're training them on those three other elements, how the clients have changed, how the product packaging and pricing has changed and how your sales and marketing is going to look different. Now, I'm working with some clients at the moment who are absolutely thriving. They've been implementing these for the recession and I'm now starting to have the conversations with them about tweaking those for the recovery. Because people won't change overnight, but the more those economic indicators get positive, the more people are feeling better, they're feeling more confident, they're feeling more financially secure, and the more the media is telling them that everything is okay, not that it's going to be okay, but that it is okay, the sooner they're gonna start opening their wallets, investing, spending, whatever it is that you want them to be doing with you. And it's not gonna happen now. I think that onwards from June is still a very solid prediction. I think that's going to look in the Northern Hemisphere like going into summer. We expect, even if there wasn't a vaccine, another lull in the summer as people get out of the houses, as people 
um, you know, get more sunshine, maybe more vitamin D, if that is indeed helping with that. Um, but certainly combined with the vaccinations, I'm expecting this to be a very positive summer in the UK and a lot of the US. There will be some of that money that is saved that is going to get spent on holidays, on going out, on recovering. Maybe some people will be pissing it away. And if you benefit from that, fantastic. Encourage them to do that at your establishment. You've got to be ready for leveraging that into what will follow. Because what will follow in those countries that I'm monitoring and talking about may not be maybe a little bit of a boomlet. It won't necessarily be as strong and just keep getting stronger. But it is the indication that we're coming out of the economic dip. And on a macroeconomic scale, we're heading into the biggest boom part of a macroeconomic 40-year cycle. This is going to be something comparable with the 1990s, which for those of you who uh, were in business at the time or investors through the 1990s, you know what that boom was like and how you wish you could go back to the late 80s, to the 1987 stock market crash or to the early 1991 recession that doomed the senior President George Bush to becoming a one-term president. How you wish you could go back there and buy, 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 invest, 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 get your business set up to benefit. And if you're sitting there right now where you are and you're scared and you're thinking, no, I need to wait, I need to wait until I'm absolutely sure, you're just going to follow the cycle. You'll do okay. If you keep surviving, you'll, you'll do okay. But you will miss this enormous opportunity. I want to give you the business clarity so that you know exactly what to invest in. You've got those four things there. I want to give you the courageous leadership you need to invest and to make decisions now when you need to make them and to keep making the right decisions at the right time. And ultimately, as a business advisor, I'm all about lifestyle rhythm. It's not work-life balance. It's getting into that rhythm so that you enjoy your life. And sometimes that means doubling down and working hard. I know for many of you, the last 12 months have been very hard. For some, it was just that respond phase. That first three months were quite difficult and you responded well and you're coming out well. The next 13 weeks, the next three months, you are going to need to work harder again because you're now implementing two different business strategies. Continuing to get us through the coronavirus recession and the consequences, the fallout of stimulus packages ending and some of the uncertainty. And very soon you're going to start implementing those boom time profit phase strategies. So you've got to make sure that they're up to date, that your business is ready to go. As always, if I can be of assistance with that, reach out and let me know. I can be of assistance by you sharing this, by you reminding your networks that there are things that they can do to take charge, to take control. You can reach out, contact me. Like, subscribe, share, all of those kind of things as we all do on social media. Spread the message. I would appreciate that. Most of all, look at the next three months of your life. This could be the last three months of the coronavirus recession. This could be, if you're set up well, the last recession you ever have to go through as a business owner because you came in at the bottom, you came in at the execution point, you executed the right strategies to get that growth and that growth set you up to hit your number, to live the lifestyle, to retire, whatever it is that you dream of. If this is your last recession, if there are only three months left, 
Don't waste them.